Hi everyone, it's Jason and welcome to the JC Weather Podcast. The day is Thursday, the date is 420, and we are starting out with mostly cloudy skies. We do have a few showers with a frontal boundary sitting over the area. So those are going to work through, those will be done by probably 1030 or 11 o'clock if you even see one will clear out in the afternoon, and we're looking for highs to be in the mid-60s. So ultimately, this is going to turn into a pleasant day. We'll be mostly clear tonight, and we'll have relatively light winds as high pressure is moving overhead. So we're going to see lows in the low 50s for the heat island of New York City, but don't be surprised as you head across eastern Suffolk into the Pine Barrens to see some upper 30s. Friday, we're going to see ridging start to move overhead. So we're going to have highs in the low 70s for most places. It will be cooler at the South Shore and the East End. Those places could be more like upper 50s and low 60s. Then we're going to start to see a frontal system impact us from our west with a closed low. So that's going to really strengthen the onshore flow Friday night. So we're going to have increasing clouds, patchy fog. Lows are going to hold in the mid-50s. And then Saturday, at ahead of this, we're going to be mostly cloudy. We're looking for a few stray showers around during the day. Highs are going to be tamped down a little bit also. We'll be in the upper 60s with that onshore flow. That's going to get gusty. We could see wind gusts out of the south and east of up to 30 miles per hour. And then as a cold front swings through in the late afternoon and really the evening, we're going to see a narrow, slow-moving band of rain and thunderstorms. This is going to go through much of Saturday night at least. The flow is going to become parallel to the front. So the front is going to stall. It may take a long time to clear across eastern Long Island. See lows in the mid-50s. And we may see some of this linger even into Sunday morning if we can get a couple of weak waves to develop along the front. This could be in excess of an inch of rain. So Sunday, I'm going to call it mostly cloudy. We've got a 50% chance of showers. That's mostly in the early morning. We're hoping it turns partly sunny in the afternoon. Sea highs in the upper 60s with more of a northwest flow. And then we've got one more disturbance that's going to really dry things out after it comes through. So we could see a few more showers Sunday evening. Then we'll turn partly cloudy and breezy and cool. It will be dropping into the upper 40s Sunday night. So we're talking about we have just a slight chance of some thunderstorms over the weekend. We're going to talk a little more about thunderstorms. So it is severe weather season. We've already had a few thunderstorms in and around New York City and Long Island. Fortunately, we've been spared the destructive severe weather season that's gone on across the Deep South and the Plains. But 
it is our time of year to start keeping our eyes to the skies. So, all thunderstorms go through three phases. The developing stage, the mature stage, and the dissipation stage. So, keep in mind, warmer air has a lower density than cooler air. So, the warmer air is want to rise. As it continues to rise, it starts to cool and water vapor starts condensing in it. So the rising air becomes part of an updraft. And one of the triggering mechanisms for these updrafts is daytime heating, which we get a lot more of in the spring and summertime. It causes the air to become significantly warmer than the air aloft. It's how we get our instability. And if there's enough that cloud is going to keep growing into a cumulonimbus cloud. Some other triggering mechanisms for this rising air is when you have converging wind boundaries. Also, when wind is blowing over terrain or graphic lifting. So the average thunderstorm has a diameter of about 15 miles. And depending on atmospheric conditions, lasts for about... 30 minutes. So once a thunderstorm is in the mature stage, the warm air keeps rising until it reaches an area of warmer air above it called the tropopause. It's where we would enter the stratosphere where the ozone layer is. Now the ozone layer, important for quite a few reasons, it absorbs the sunlight producing a warmer environment. So that prevents air from the troposphere from rising into it. But depending on the strength of the storm's updrafts, thunderstorms can um, occasionally pierce it, call it an overshooting top. So thunderstorms in the mature stage can produce torrential rains, flooding, dangerous cloud-to-ground lightning, hail, strong winds, and occasionally, as we've seen, tornadoes. Now, that rain-cooled air within the storm is going to eventually start to sink. This is the storm's downdraft, and it's going to spread out in all directions once it hits the ground, and this produces strong winds. That downdraft then exits the storm and dominates the local region right around the storm's perimeter. It's actually how we get gust fronts. And they could also be felt ahead of an approaching storm. Eventually, that downdraft cuts off the storm's inflow, and the storm gradually begins to dissipate. Now, a little bit about lightning and thunder. We talked about how massive these clouds are. They contain trillions of ice crystals and soft hail, which we call a gropple. Sometimes we see that in the winter as well. So they're constantly colliding with each other, and that creates, over time, electrical charge. The ice crystals become positively charged. They're lighter the storm's updraft pushes them towards the top of the storm cloud while some of the grapple pieces become negatively charged since they're a little denser and they remain suspended towards the bottom of the cloud. Now, that difference in charge can result in 
a rapid discharge of electricity, hence the lightning that we see. And sometimes this can even result in cloud-to-ground lightning if the ground develops a charge. Now, as we know, when the air expands, the air expands, rather, when it's heated. So with the lightning striking, the air rapidly rises to a temperature greater than that of the surface of the sun in just milliseconds. So when it's expanding, the molecules within the air collide with enough rapidity to make that emblematic noise of severe weather season. So that's how we get thunder. So when thunder roars, stay indoors. I'm Jason, and thank you for listening. You can find out more by going to jcmeteorologicalservices.com, on Facebook at jcweathernyc in Long Island, and now on Patreon at jcweather.